Maybe seated. Wow, that's a great song. Amazing song. I'm so thankful that we can sing that song and how great the Lord is. And um, sometimes when you go through something, you begin to realize how special that song really is. When life's going along just fine, it's hard for us sometimes. We kind of think, hey, I got here on my own. Look what I did. But then when all of a sudden something out of your control happens, you begin to realize how great God is. And so I'm so thankful for that song. Would you um, please turn to 1 Thessalonians with me? Some of you are like, what? We're not in the book of Acts? I know, we finished. 1 Thessalonians. I am excited next week for our Vision Sunday, and uh, I hope you will join us and get a, get. Uh, involved in the mission of Bible Baptist Church. And I said 1 Thessalonians, I meant 2 Thessalonians. Just to throw you off already this morning. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, I did it again. Look at that. It's going to be a rough morning. So let's do this. Let's pray first and see if we can... The Lord will do something different besides me up here this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, what a privilege it is to be here. Thank you so much for your greatness. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. In every instance of our lives, Father, you continue to be faithful. When we are unfaithful, you are faithful. And so thank you so much for that. Father, I pray that as we open your word today that your will will be accomplished here. I pray that you would use my voice for your honor and your glory. Father, that this would not be me today, but it would be you, and I pray that we would leave here different than when we came. And Father, I pray you challenge us in this new year, and Father, your will be done. We love you. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin this first Sunday of 2024, I want to preach, preach a message to you this morning that will be simply a reminder. If you are um, been in church for any amount of time, I promise you that you will hear nothing new today. Okay, but that doesn't mean you should turn me off and go to sleep. Okay, please don't do that. It's a reminder. Um, in fact, this is one of the most written about subjects in all of Christianity. If you haven't been to church, maybe today is your first time in church, I pro- pretty much guarantee you that you still know about the subject to which I will talk about this morning. Very written about, much written about, I personally, my personal library, some of you have been to my office, I have several books there, but my personal library, I have 19 books on this subject alone. 19. That's a lot. I actually was like, wow, I don't, probably don't need this many. There can't be that much written on this one subject. It's a subject that you've all heard about. It is, the word is mostly used as a verb. An action verb, which is very important okay, for all of you English students who love grammar so much. That's like two of you. Where are you? There you are. That's like two of you. Okay, But this is a verb. Most of us, when we look at this, we think of it as a noun. This is just a subject, something that we know about and maybe even can describe because we know so much about it. But it is a verb. And some of us, at very best, will complete it as a passive verb. Yeah, it's something I know that I should do, but I'm really not that, it's really not that important. Here is the reality about this. This is something that anyone, let me repeat, anyone can do. I don't care if you're two or three years old, you can do this. 
I don't care if you're 100 years old and laying in bed, you can do this. Say, Pastor Owens, what are you talking about? I'm talking about something that anyone can do, yet very few do. Anyone can do this, but yet very few do. I'm talking this morning about prayer. Prayer. Praying is an action verb. An action verb. You say, how can praying be an action? Okay, I can understand running being an action. How can praying be an action when you're in your car? You just, don't close your eyes. Don't do that. Okay, don't, please don't do that. That is not at all what I'm saying here today. Okay, but when you're in your car, you're driving, and you just start praying. How is that an action? How is it when you kneel at the side of your bed at night? How is that an action? How is it when you turn around in your office chair and you just say, God, I need you today? How is that an action verb? Well, I hope to describe that to you a little bit today. Because prayer is something that all of us can do. Every single one of us. But prayer takes work. All of us can do it, yet very few of us do. Very few of us do. Do you ever stop to think, I know I should pray, but I don't? You ever think, why don't I? Well, maybe here's a better question Why should I? You begin to ask yourself these questions Do I really need to? Is it really worth it? After all, I do get very bored very easily. I can't concentrate for that long. I really don't see how prayer does anything. It seems like such a useless exercise, yet hundreds of thousands of books are written on the subject. The Bible talks about it extensively. And yet we go day in and day out, year in and year out, and most of us are unchanged in our mentality about prayer and praying. Consider a few verses with me this morning. Acts 4 and verse 31, the Bible says this, and when they had prayed, watch, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The next couple of verses we find out he is broken loose from, from prison, not by any person, but by an angel. The power of prayer. James 5 and verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Why? That she may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. What does it do? It availeth much. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, if my people which are called by my name will, shall humble themselves, watch, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, this is prayer. This is the importance of prayer. This is the incredible potential of prayer if we will just 
do it. So this morning I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, The Powerful Potential of Prayer. We need to be reminded this morning about prayer. We need to be reminded not just about prayer, but to pray. Some of you have reminders on your phone. Some of you have a calendar. My parents have this, and I can't believe this is how I grew up. They have a calendar on their fridge, and everything that goes on in their lives is written on that calendar. I'm like, don't you guys have a phone? Put it in your phone, man. They don't know how. It's great. It's hilarious. Listen, some of you have reminders on your phones, wherever you have reminders, you write down sticky notes, you put them on your computer screen, whatever you do to remind yourself, listen, this is your reminder today, not just about prayer, but to pray, to action verb pray. As of right now in most of our lives, prayer is just potential. If we're honest with ourselves this morning, for most of us that sit here this morning, prayer is just that. It is just potential. Potential is an interesting word. From Oxford Dictionary, it means this, latent, which means existing but underdeveloped. Latent qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead to future success or usefulness. So what I want you to see is that's what prayer is in most of our lives. It is just potential. It is something that is there. It is accessible. It is easily accessible, yet it is undeveloped. And truthfully, if we're honest with, with ourselves, we do not have a prayer life. If we're honest with ourselves, we have not developed it. And because we have not developed it, we do not see any success in it, and we therefore see no usefulness in it. Most of you have some things probably from the dollar store that you have in your home that you bought and you thought, I'm going to use that. And then you realize, ah, I only spent a buck on it. It's really not that big of a deal. And so you throw it in a pile where it usually stays for another year, and you'll never use it again. But yet it's still there. It's still there. It has potential, even though it's from the dollar store. But it has no potential. It will be of no use to you unless you use it. Prayer is the same. For most of us, the power of prayer is just lying there dormant. Just waiting to be picked up and used. It has massive, massive, massive potential. But potential never used is wasted. Potential never used is wasted. And again, if we're honest, we are wasting more and more and more of our prayer lives than ever before. Because it's easier to waste it. We have phones now. We can play games on our phones and we can call people and we can text people and we can watch television. We can binge Netflix and we can, we can do all kinds of things that distract us from prayer. We have access to prayer. Prayer is right in front of us. But for many of us, we never develop it. However, if we do develop prayer, prayer will be the key to our future success and usefulness. I promise you it will. If you develop it, you might say, in what way? 
convince me. Well, let me key in on one passage this morning that shows us the powerful potential of prayer in our personal lives. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look with me in verse 11. The Bible says this. Wherefore also we pray. Notice that. Wherefore also we pray always for you. For what? What are we praying? Look at this. That our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and that in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. If you pay attention to this verse, this is the power of prayer. This is the power of prayer. Look at what they're praying for. Again, we pray always for you. For what? That our God would count you worthy of this calling. We're praying that God would count you worthy of this calling. You might ask yourself, what calling? Well, here's a little Bible study help for you. For most of you, um, you might know this. If you don't know it, I hope I'll teach you something this morning. Verse 11 starts with the word, wherefore. Anytime in the Bible you see a wherefore or a therefore, you go back to see what it's there for. Okay? Very simple. So this says wherefore. There is already something that's been stated that we need to know. It's called context. And so this is what this calling is. Now the whole context is chapter 1 all the way through, but immediate context is verse 10. Notice it with me. When he shall come to be what? glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Here's what I want you to get. God wants to be glorified in your life. Don't miss that, okay? Again, I'm not teaching you anything new, so don't be surprised by this. But God wants to be glorified in your life. You say, what does that even mean? Listen, God wants people to look at you and see him. That's what he wants. That's why we're here on this earth. Listen, if I got saved, I was saved when I was four years old. If God didn't want me to glorify him with my life, guess what? He would have just taken me then. The day you got saved, here we go. Let's go, you're out. I don't need you anymore. Listen, we are here to be a representation, a glorification of Jesus Christ. God wants all men to see him in you. So let me ask you this question. When people look at you, who do they see? <sighs> this is tough for me because I'm a very proud person. And I like people to look at me and go, wow, he does a good job. Wow, what a good looking specimen. That's what, I, that's what I'm think, going for. Wow, why was that funny? But truthfully, we need God to be seen. We need people to not look at us. We need people to see God in us. We need to glorify him. And you know what? This is what they're praying for. 
You see, prayer can do this. Listen, prayer transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ and glorifies him. That's what it does. You say, listen, prayer, I, I pray for stuff all the time and I just never seem to get an answer to prayer. Listen, I want you to stop thinking that way for today. Don't necessarily pray for God to do something in your life just right now. Think about this. Praying transforms me into the image of Jesus Christ. We'll get to why that happens in a little bit, but prayer transforms me into the image of Jesus Christ and that glorifies him. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible says this, let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, I can help little old ladies across the street. I can go pick up groceries. I can do all kinds of nice things. But only, the only thing that will do is point people to me. Listen, prayer is a supernatural action that transforms you into the image of Christ. So which people will not see you anymore. They will see Jesus Christ. Most often, as Corey Ten Boom says, we use prayer for a spare tire instead of a steering wheel. Most, most of us use prayer as a spare tire. Oh, stink. I got a flat tire. I hate getting flat tires. Okay, I have a spare. And we go get it. When we have a troubling instance, man, when we get that call from the doctor or we're just a little bit short this month or you fill in the blank or my, my family member's not doing well, listen, the list goes on and on. What do we do? We go to the spare tire. We go get prayer. And listen, a spare tire is a good thing to have. Don't get me wrong. It's good. You ought to when things are difficult. But instead of the spare tire, it ought to be the steering wheels of our lives. Listen, every single moment of every single day, we're sitting there just praying, praying without ceasing. Trusting that the Lord will guide us and direct us. Instead of praying without ceasing and allowing God to mold us and shape us into his image, we pray that he will get us out of circumstances. We pray, okay, God, I'm in this circumstance. I want out. We pray that he will make us healthy, wealthy, and wise. Let me shock you just a little bit. We were not created to get glory. We were not created to get glory. We were created to give glory. That's the whole reason we are and were created, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. For thy honor and for thy glory. One of the most effective ways to give God the glory is by making sure he gets it from our lives. And this is what the prayer is. We pray always for you. That God would count you worthy of this calling. Jump down to verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified. How? In you. And ye in him. Listen. We have this awesome opportunity to give God the glory. We can because of prayer. Very simply because of prayer. Look what else prayer does. Verse 11. 
That is to count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. The second part of this praying is that it will fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. This is an interesting phrase, and prayer basically will do this if I can try to summarize this. It allows us to fulfill God's entire purpose for our lives. You see, God has a good pleasure for you. He has something that he wants you to accomplish in life. He has something that if you do this, it will please him for every single one of your lives. And so what the prayer here is that we will fulfill that good pleasure. We will accomplish that good pleasure. We will fulfill everything that pleases God. Stop there for a moment. Think about this. How many of us struggle in life? Anybody else beside me? Anybody struggle just to do right? I do every day. Anybody feel like they're just, no matter how much they try, you just fail? Listen, many of us miss the mark. Many of us don't know what we're supposed to do. Many of us don't know the next step we're supposed to take. But listen, this is what prayer helps us accomplish. We pray that you will fulfill his good pleasure. Warren Wearsby said this in his book, Something Happens When Churches Pray. It's a long quote, but hopefully you'll be able to stick with me in it. It has been well said that the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. Prayer is not telling God what we want and then selfishly enjoying it. He's not a genie. Prayer is asking God to use us to accomplish what he wants so that his name is glorified. His kingdom is extended and strengthened and his will done. I'll take you to Jesus' prayer. Jesus, in his prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. This is what I want. But then he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Your will needs to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I want to be a conduit of that. I want to be somebody that allows that and helps that to happen. And I want to make sure you get all the glory for it. Listen, if I was to pray like I used to pray when I was a kid, God, please give me a dirt bike. God, I really want a dirt bike. The funny thing about it was the only time I ever broke my foot was on a dirt bike that was not mine. And I think God said, you can't handle one, and I never got one. Very disappointed. I couldn't keep what was on four wheels on four wheels, let alone a two-wheeler. So all of these things I wanted. And part of it was I wanted to look cool with all my buddies who had four-wheelers and dirt bikes and snowmobiles, and they had everything. So was that for me, or was that to glorify God? Well, there's a reason why I never got one, because it would have just been for me. 
Listen, sometimes in life we're praying for something and we're praying for something and we're praying for something, but realize that sometimes when we're praying for things, it's only so that we can consume it upon our lusts. Because we want to have it. We want to look good. We want to have a better car. We want to have a better whatever. But the purpose of prayer is to fulfill His good pleasure. To fulfill His working in our lives. Listen, for the last year, 2023, every Sunday we preach on the purpose of, for God in your life. You want to fulfill that purpose? Pray. Pray. Pray for it. We are not praying for our will to be done, for, but for what pleases Him. And to find out what God wants us to do and ask Him to do it through us. This is the powerful potential of prayer. Look at what else. He says, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. And the work of faith with power. So not only are you going to fulfill all his good pleasure, but you also fulfill the work of faith with power. Prayer allows us to accomplish God's work, you know, the pleasure that he ple he's pleased with. It allows us to accomplish that with power. Again, many times in our life we feel defeated. We feel like we are the minority. We feel like, ah, is this Christian thing really worth it? Is this work that the Lord has called me to, is it worth it? Listen, I'll be honest with you. As a pastor to which I have been called to do, sometimes I ask myself, is it worth it? So God's going to call you to something that you will someday ask, is it worth it? Listen, we don't have to feel defeated. We don't have to feel down in the dumps. Listen, Jesus, or God, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You want to know how to do that? Pray. Pray. I can do it. I can pray through this. This is what prayer can accomplish. It can accomplish great works of faith with power. Not with just squeaking by by the skin of your teeth. No, listen, with great power. Romans chapter 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Listen, we have God on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, this is the power of prayer. I could spend a great deal of time telling you story after story after story of George Mueller, who literally prayed in millions of dollars for orphanages. The work of faith with power. I could tell you all kinds of stories about Adoniram Judson who wrote, you should pray two to three hours a day. Set aside enough time to pray two to three hours a day and in so doing, Adoniram Judson turned Burma upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody said this, every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. Every great movement of God 
can be traced to a kneeling figure. I can tell you about a man called Praying Hyde, and I can tell you about some little old ladies who prayed faithfully for years of revival, and they saw it. I can tell you about Evan Roberts and his prayer that sparked the Welsh revival and changed the lives of thousands and thousands of people. And listen, I could tell you many more stories. These are modern day. This is not, these are not in the Bible. You take the Bible and you start to open that up and you begin to feel through the, fleece through the pages of it and you see after prayer, great things happen. After prayer, great things happen. After prayer, great things happen because the work of God is being done with power because of prayer. This is what prayer can accomplish. Prayer allows us to accomplish the work of faith with power. Prayer can allow Bible Baptist Church to accomplish reaching St. Thomas with power. Listen, we're 120 people here this morning, maybe. St. Thomas is 40,000 people. I'll be honest with you, there are times I come to church and I, this is it. Oh, not because I'm unsatisfied with who's here, but are we really making a difference? Are we really making a difference in St. Thomas? Listen, if we pray, I have no doubt that we can see all of St. Thomas hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can't guarantee that everybody will accept it. But we will see it with power. Ben Patterson said this, I like it. Churches can run without prayer. Absolutely can. Whole denominations can run without prayer. The question is, is what they're doing worth doing if they can do it without prayer? Frankly, no. So we can meet here every single Sunday. We can even call ourselves a church, but a church that does not pray is a church that will not prevail. Mark it down. A church that does not pray is a church that will not prevail. Prayer can allow Bible Baptist Church to accomplish some great and powerful things. But not only our church. Prayer can allow you, you to accomplish some great and powerful things. Prayer can allow you to accomplish God's purpose for your life. You can fulfill everything that God wants you to do. My question for you this morning is, is will you? Many of us sit here this morning, feel like we're spinning our wheels. Getting nowhere fast. Listen, you want to change that? Start praying. Start praying. Will you pray for God? Pray to God, excuse me, that he will get all the glory from your life. Will you begin to pray that he would have his will done in your life? Would you pray that you would fulfill everything he has for you? Not just a little bit, but with power. I have some sad news this morning. I want you to notice verse 11 again. Wherefore also we pray, what's the next word? What is it? I got some sad news. 
I wish that I could tell you, you just pray one time. In fact, you come forward to this front of this church, you get down on your knees, and you pray one time, and everything that I just said will just come true. That's how we want it, isn't it? I do. <laughs> but here's the reality. Prayer doesn't work like that. Paul says praying always. It's constant. We want to pray and immediately have massive change. But prayer doesn't work like that. Prayer is hard, hard, hard work. Prayer is trying to concentrate on what you're praying on when your life is falling apart around you. Prayer is really hard work concentrating on what you're praying about why you don't know what your next step is. Prayer is praying hard about what you're praying about why Satan's coming to you and tempting you and trying to get you to think about things you shouldn't be thinking about. And while that temptation still remains in your heart and in your mind and you're trying to pray and that temptation keeps coming in and distracting you and you're trying to pray and that temptation comes and distracts you and you're trying to pray. Listen, prayer is a ton of work. But it's available. It's available to anybody. Anybody can do it. And very few of us do because it is such hard work. In fact, I referenced Jesus' prayer. It was such hard work for Jesus that the Bible says he sweat great drops of blood. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never prayed so intensely that I've sweat great drops of blood. I've had the opportunity to pray and bawl my eyes out. And listen, that's not exactly fun. That is not exactly what I can't wait to do when I get home this afternoon. But those have been the most life-transforming moments of my life. And all I'm trying to get you to see is today, that's what prayer can be in your life. It can be so life-transforming, but it has to happen over and over and over and over and over and over again. As already mentioned, prayer is molding us into the image of Christ, and guess what? That does not happen overnight. It takes time. Something that takes a great deal of effort. And this is where most of us back out. We want the benefit of prayer without the work. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 in my Bible, it's one page back. It's three words. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Just keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop praying, never stop, always pray, and never to faint. Pray, action verb, not passive. We must do something. Be easy for me to stand here and say, all right, every Monday morning at 7 a.m. we're going to have a prayer meeting. Church is going to get together and pray. There would be several people that would come to that. 
And I think that's a wonderful thing to do. We've done it in the past. We'll do it again in the future. That's not my intention today. My intention is not for me to set up a time for you to come pray. My intention is to get you to realize how powerful it is when a church gets together in prayer. Not gets together to pray, but gets together in prayer. Listen, if every one of you, every single one of you, followed 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, every one of us prayed without ceasing. What in the world do you think would happen in this country? So many of us, and myself included, we spend far more time scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, fill in the blank. We spend time reading books, maybe even reading books on prayer. We spend so much time doing so many other things that truthfully, let's be honest, are useless. And in reality, we have right in front of us the most powerful potential in the world. In fact, that's the name of one of the books. The most powerful thing in the world is prayer. It will change. It will change your life. I'm asking every person to begin to pray that God's will would be done in their lives and that God would get the glory from our lives. Please don't faint in this. Don't stop. Pray without ceasing. Pray this every single day. Pray it passionately. Pray it consistently. Pray it fervently. It availeth much. I'm asking every single person here today to pray for each other. Again, that God's will be done and that God would get the glory from their lives. Don't faint in this. You need a church directory? We still have some. You need a list of church members? We have that. Pray for each other. Don't faint in this. Pray passionately. Pray consistently. Pray fervently. It availeth much. I'm asking every single person here to pray for Bible Baptist Church. That God would get the glory from this church. That His will would be done in every aspect. I'm asking you not to faint in this. I'm asking you to pray passionately, consistently, fervently. It availeth much. The powerful potential of prayer. Will you join me right now in praying? Father, thank you so much for a wonderful opportunity to preach on prayer. Father, I pray that through this message, not only my life, the lives of every single person in this building today, anybody who might be listening online, Father, that they would be changed because of prayer. Father, I pray that your will is accomplished in my life, in the lives of these people, and in the life of this church.
Help us never to do our own will. Help us to only do yours. Father, I pray that in every aspect of it, you would get the honor and glory from it. Father, I pray that we would not faint in this. That we would continue to pray passionately. That we'd be consistent in this and fervently. And Father, we truly would see that it would avail much. Help us to begin to see the change in our lives because of prayer. Father, we'll give you the honor and glory for it. I want to give us just some time to pray, to make a decision. That in this new year of 2024, that we will just pray differently this year. Not just to continue with our ordinary, but to be transformed into something extraordinary. That you would count us worthy to bear his name. I want, to, I want you to make a decision that this year is going to be different. 